Wherever you have whiteness, goddamn whiteness, you got wokeness. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. The American Prestige Podcast talked about the um, Constitution plebiscite, whatever that is. Yeah, they had in Chile, and it's kind of interesting. So basically, they had a vote on uh, enacting a new constitution in Chile. You know that country? It's like at the bottom left of South America. And it failed 62 to 38. And it kind of surprised people because just before that, they had a vote on whether or not they should, you know, they should create a create some sort of group to write a new constitution. And so 80-20 said, hell yeah, we need someone to write a new constitution. We don't like our constitution. But then when, they, when the constitution was written, it was woke. And they went broke. And it got turned down by the Chilean people. But I just want to go over the country of Chile itself to help myself remember. And, you know, I bet most of my listeners are not super up-to-date on Chile or out-of-date. So obviously Chile, I think South America was, wasn't all Spain that took over South America. But um, Chile was one of those, so they're, you know, they speak Spanish. You know, it's like Chile is on the left, Argentina is next to them, and then Brazil is on the right. It's kind of that bottom part of South America where it gets skinnier. And, you know, this is the Anti-Woke Podcast. What matters most? Um, race. Chile is pretty white. It might be more white than you think. Like the bottom, I don't know, bottom half, bottom third of South America is more white than you think. Like Chile, Argentina, Uruguay is mixed in there. They're like 96% white or something. Um, and then actually the bottom third of Brazil is also white. So it's just that whole area is white. It made me kind of look up, um, it made me look up the countries that are on the bottom of whatever, the Southern Hemisphere. And basically that's, those are the colonies where white people actually move there. So bottom half of South America, like the bottom quarter of Africa that has, you know, obviously South, South Africa, but I don't know, Namibia, Zimbabwe, a bunch of those countries actually have a lot of white people that live there. And then Australia. And I don't, I'm not sure. I believe it's because of disease. So I'm sure Europeans are like, yeah, I'm going to go live in, you know, some beautiful tropical place. And then they probably died of disease. And so, you know, anyways, white people do not live along the equator. None of those countries. And I think disease goes the other way. And then white people are like, I'm going to go live in, you know, America, Canada, or I'm going to go live in Argentina, Chile, Australia, blah, blah. And... Not about Australia, but anyways, in those in those places where they went, their disease killed the people who lived there. I mean, that was kind of what, you know, that's kind of what, when you're deciding where to move and where to conquer back in the day, you can move to a place where you die from disease if you move there, or you can move to a place where everyone who lives there already dies if you move there. So I think that's how, I think that's why Chile's so white. And then wherever you have whiteness, goddamn whiteness, you have wokeness. So a little more history on Chile. I don't know what they were doing before 1990. Probably had dictators that uh, the United States, you know, kept in power. I think that's usually how South Af- South America was back in the day. I believe it was something called the Monroe Doctrine after the President Monroe, maybe around 1900 or so, that he said, uh, he said, we're not going to deal with Europe. You know, we're not going to, whatever. We don't want anything to do with trying to control Europe. 
basically you want to stay out of wars in Europe and stuff like that, even though a bunch of wars are about to happen. He's like, we're just going to control uh, North and South Amer America. So I imagine Chile was mixed in on that. It's like back in the day we were doing like, you know, building the Panama Canal, stuff like that. But I think in about 1990, maybe that's when Chile became a democracy. I mean, I'm sure they call themselves... You always call yourself a democracy, even when you're not. But I think when they really became one, and they had a right-wing guy in charge, Pinochet. You might have heard of him. For some reason, I heard him. I don't. Only thing I know about him is I've heard that name. But he created a constitution. I guess it's a neoliberal constitution. Basically, it's just a it's a capitalist it's a capitalist constitution. And Chile is one of the richer countries. I mean, you know, they're not as rich as America or Europe, but they're 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 relatively rich. Because capitalism works good, but it also created very, um, there's a lot of inequality in Chile, I guess, because of that. Like, for instance, they don't have any sort of social security stuff. Um, so if you're, if you're old and poor in Chile, you're fucked. And so you can kind of tell how bad a South American country is, or how good, or whatever, um, by how many people are in the informal economy versus the formal economy like you know basically like you know how many people are i mean they're not paying taxes you know but you know people who pay taxes who don't pay any taxes those are not rich people those are poor people so i don't you know like i, I went to mexico when i was a kid you know you'd have like people selling gum on the side of the streets and no they don't pay any taxes and no they don't have a business license but also you know if you don't pay taxes then you probably don't have unemployment insurance and you're not putting money into your Social Security or whatever their version is, retirement. And so I guess bad countries in South America will have 80 to 90% of the people in the informal economy. Chile is doing better. They only have 40%. So 40% of Chileans are in the informal economy. And so 60%, sounds like they're doing okay. 60% are doing good, 40% not so good. But so in 1990, they got the constitution that said, well, that's how it's going to be. You know, this is, this is capitalism. Uh, get off your ass. Don't be a person who was raised in the, you know, indigenous Chilean mountains or something and doesn't know how to read and write because things are not going to go well for you. Sorry, Charlie. And so I think ever since they got their 1990 constitution, they haven't been happy with it, but they don't know what to do. And then I guess no no uh, president or whatever has been in there more than one term, so they're never happy. You know, they get, like give me a, a moderate left one give me a moderate right one and they just switch back and forth occasionally saying give me a hard left one hard hard right one and whatever it is they get they don't like it and they switch and then fast forward to 2019 they had some sort of it was like their black lives matter movement except there aren't black people in chile so it was their it was i don't know i wish they didn't describe they didn't ex describe exactly what the identity politics was they're like in 2019, identity politics really caused a lot of riots. It sounds like they're burning Walmarts, burning stores, getting in gunfights with the cops. I mean, they didn't mess around. Yeah. And so, like I say, I don't know exactly, you know, I mean, there's there's people who, who want to fight for indigenous rights, um, but I don't think that was all of it. Maybe you're fighting for workers' rights. I think, I think a good number of it was just, like, communists. Like, we need to be a communist country. Communists are willing to fight pretty hard. Oh, and I forgot to say, how big is Chile? It has 17.5 million people. It has a famous city called Santiago. So it's bigger than like Illinois with Chicago, but it's smaller than New York State with New York. It's in between those two.
you know, it's a country. We got we got states about the size of it. But so in 2019, they had their protests that involved a decent amount of violence, and I think they I think they had a right wing guy in charge in 2019. So in 2020, they elected a I don't know, bordering on communist president. And then I think in, I guess in 2020 or 2021, they decided that they're going to make a new constitution. People have been complaining about it a long time. They're like, hey, people, people, hey, you want a new constitution? Like I said, 80 to 20, they said, yes, we want a new one. And then I guess they were given the choice, like, do you want the politicians that we currently have to write the constitution? Or do you want a new body to be created to write the constitution? And they're like, we don't like our politicians. And I think they would have been more right wing um, if they had been chosen. Anyways, we don't want them. So they created a, a new body to write the Constitution. But, you know, this is 20, I think this is after George Floyd. I don't, I don't know if they're copying America or what. But I think they got a bunch of woke people in charge of writing the Constitution. And then they wrote a Constitution. I don't know, they're not exactly called amendments or something, but... Apparently, South America, all the way up to Mexico, um, they like to write really long constitutions. Like, Mexico has 200 clauses, I guess. And then this Chilean one, like, they were going for broke. It has, like, 430 clauses in it. The thing's it's huge. And so, like, America has a Bill of Rights. They put in a bunch of rights. I'll just read you some. I mean, the list is it's it's very, very long. So you got... Right to child protection, right to life and environment free of violence, right to universal accessibility, don't know what that means, respect for neuro- neurodiversity, I think that's a woke thing about that they do on TikTok, right on request, don't even know what that is, right to a decent old age, I mean, like, how do you guarantee that, um, right to care for the environment, I mean, right to social, right to decent housing, right to energy, right to water, right to care, um, right to health. I mean, it kind of goes on. And then, you know, we're, we're gender. Right to life and environment free of violence, especially for girls, adolescents, and people of sexual and gender diversity and dissidents. I mean, it doesn't matter. I think... You know, all those things are done in Spanish, and I don't think they translated well. But, like, I'll play a clip here from the podcast. A guy explains it better than me. But apparently, like, they put, you know, you know, they mentioned gender this and gender that 60 times in the Constitution, where they mentioned, like, hey, you know, old folks could have Social Security or something. They mentioned that, like, 10 times. And so I've said before, like, you know, Black Lives Matter has zero justification for all the rioting they did. Since, uh, you know, police shoot unarmed civilians at exactly the equal rate of violent crime that the unarmed civilian's race comes from, which is exactly what you'd expect of a non-racist bunch of police. But So, I don't know. Maybe in Chile they were rioting over stuff that was totally justified. I don't know. They didn't, they didn't cover that stuff, unfortunately. But it looks like... They put the rioters in charge of writing the Constitution. So you could, you know, you could just kind of imagine. It would be like if America was like, we need a new Constitution. Okay, who's going to write it? Or like, let's put all the Black Lives Matter rioters in charge of writing the Constitution. Oh, and so here's the other thing. So it went from like 60-40, we need a new Constitution. Or sorry, it went from 80-20, we need a new Constitution, 
to 60-40, uh, hell no, not this Constitution. And so in between those two things, they made it a mandatory vote. So the first one was like, you know, whoever wants to vote can vote. That was the 60-40, we need a new Constitution. And Sorry. 80-20, we need a new Constitution. And then on the next one, they said everyone has to vote, like mandatory voting. And that's how they got 60-40. And no, we don't want that one that you wrote. And that's interesting. You know, like Australia has mandatory voting. Basically, you get a fine. If you don't vote, you get a, I don't know, $50 fine or something. All right. Anyways, let's just throw in the clip here. I think I'm going off the rails. Why is that? Well, because you have to go back to what happened during the rebellion. What motivated people to come out to the street? What fueled the rebellion? These basic grievances for core material, universal material rights and protections, guaranteed public pensions, quality free public education, um, the state to protect work, um, working class workers, employees' rights, right, when they um, enter a relationship with employers or when they bargain collectively with employers, you know, higher wages, all of these things. Well, those demands, those grievances did make it into the Constitution. The Constitution does guarantee a number of basic social um, uh, public goods and social and forms of social provision, but they got totally eclipsed. In fact, buried under um, the a much more prominent language and text about more particularistic rights, identity-based rights. If you look at the text, for instance, gender gender rights and what what they're calling gender perspective right that all these new reformed institutions must incorporate a gender perspective well those mentions make it in the text i think 50 times or more when talking about indigenous communities rights and what is being termed plural nationality right viewing chile as a state composed of many nations including indigenous nations that have special recognition and special rights and protections. That made it into the text 75 times. If you compare that to mentions of Social Security, right? It's totally overshadowed. Social Security is, are, you know, is mentioned 10 times. Labor rights, I think, nine times, right? So what people saw was not a new constitution that would actually defend, uh, promote these basic rights, Right? They saw a morass of different issues and um, very lofty aims that, as I said, tend to, tended to bury these core demands. All right, so listen to that a bit more. It sounds like it's, like, you know, the equivalent would be in America. It's a constitution that's all about transgender rights and, I guess, Native American rights. I guess indigenous is their version of black people. So basically it was, uh, yeah, transgender stuff and race stuff. And I think they said the race stuff might have actually been the thing that really made people vote against it. But they also mentioned, like, you know, in quotes, misinformation, in quotes, disinformation. So, you know, anything that someone on the right says is pretty much by... De I mean, first off, the definition of disinformation... That's just someone you don't like saying something. So that can go both directions. You know, people just make accusations of that all around the merry-go-round. 
but you know, people in power, you know, in America, when you listen to the podcast, you're getting the leftist perspective. So, and this guy was not bad at all. But, anyways, the disinformation was whatever the people on the right in Chile were saying. And so here was the interesting part: was that it was they were doing it on WhatsApp. I was talking about WhatsApp the other day. And I really need to look up exactly which countries had which revolutions and genocides that people are kind of blaming on WhatsApp. But uh, anyways, apparently this, you know, this is a whatever. If you were not a communist in support of transgender rights, then apparently you were sending stuff to your friends on WhatsApp and that stuff, uh, whatever, to the communists who are in support of transgender rights. Uh, that was disinformation. But so the woke constitution lost. Um, they got the, I don't know, bordering on communist president in there. And he was going to, you know, he was like, he was like, we're going to pass this constitution and we're going to change everything. And then the constitution fell flat on its face. And now I guess Chile is not going to go as communist as some people thought it was. They may be sorry they let a bunch of people to, in to vote. You know, a lot of times people on the left are like, well, if just if everyone voted, then we would win. <laughs> But apparently not in Chile. And, right, and the people who were let in were like poor, poor people, poor workers. And they're like, no. And I'm a 2010 liberal who's anti-woke. So, you know, I think they should have done some sort of social security. I mean, that sounds, that sounds important to me. Uh, you know, getting stuck on transgender stuff probably is not helpful. Probably, in fact, I would not put transgender anything into a constitution. Because right now the science is out. You'd be like, you know... Anyone over the age of three can have transgender surgery if they want. I mean, I don't think that's the kind of stuff that should be thrown into a constitution. I'm not saying that, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but you get it. Yeah, and I'm not going to go look for the clip, but the guy talking, like, he's totally left-wing. Um, and he's like, yeah, they, he uses the word woke. He's like, yeah, the constitution seems like it got <laughs> too woke, and then people didn't like it. So, that's funny. You know, once you have a po podcast named Anti-Woke Podcast, uh, you hear the word woke, and especially anti-woke, like, all the time. It's like uh, the movie, I think, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, where there's a guy goes on a date with a girl, and he goes to pick her up, and he's driving a Yugo. She's like, oh, you got a Yugo. He's like, yeah, you know, once you get one, you see him all over the place. All right, off topic, but my little dog just ate a whole bunch of raw fish that I threw on the ground. I mean, I didn't want him to do that, but that's what happened. So I've been trying to learn how to cook fish, and like I pretty much know how to cook it, but I've been having problems figuring out what to purchase. And so I'm just gonna inform you here, dear listener, something that you should know. So there's something called TSPP, tri-sodium polyphosphate. And it has sodium in it, so I guess it's kind of like salt or something. I don't think it tastes salty, but it's some sort of chemical, and they use it to make fish soak up, yeah, fish meat soak up water. Like, you can get fish meat to soak up, you know, one pound of fish meat can soak up one pound of water if you put a bunch of trisodium polyphosphate into it. And so a lot of the frozen fish at the grocery store, they do that, right? You know, if you're selling it by the pound, you can, boom, I got you got twice as much fish as you thought you had if you fill it with a bunch of water. But you may have had this experience, but when you cook it, it's like, you know, maybe you're pan frying. It's like trying to pan fry an ice cube. And basically, it just melts into a bunch of water. And then, you know, you got a little bit of messed up fish left over. 
and I've done it. Like you can't, you can't soak it on towels. I, you know, let's, let's go more into it. It's like you know, sometimes with fish, you want it to be dry. Like say you're going to bread it or something, you want it to be dry on the outside so stuff will stick. So you might put out some paper towels and put your fish on it or pat it dry or whatever. Anyways, if the so if the if the fish has been um, uh, treated with TSPP, then paper towels don't work. It only comes out when it's hot and when you cook it. So you, you can't you can't get the water out before you start cooking it. Like you know, if you're breading this fish, it's going to be ruined. It's a uh, whatever. The fish turns to water. You can't have it's like breaded water. It's like a breaded ice cube. Obviously, it doesn't work. And I watched some videos on it on YouTube and. Like maybe there's a use of TSPP. Sometimes it's good. Just don't use it too much. But um, I don't know. I guess I should be t- I should I should be saying this stuff later after I know the answer. But from now on, I'm gonna be looking for frozen fish that is does not have trisodium polyphosphate as one of the ingredients. I mean, it's a little weird. Like you know, so here's some frozen fish ingredients. Two things. You know, let's say uh, Pollock and trisodium polyphosphate. Then you look at like some other thing, and it's like ingredient one, Pollock. I watched episode three of House of the Dragon and episode three of Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. And those two plus She-Hulk, which I'm not quite caught up on, um, that's what all the anti-woke YouTubers are talking about. And I was thinking about that. It's like, I think it's because of the summer. You know, network TV doesn't have any of their shows on in the summer. It's just reruns. And so I think right now, like, those three shows, that's all you got. And they all have, I don't know, race swapping or gender bending or whatever. Stuff going on. Gives you something to talk about. And so just some observations. Um, I like the House of the Dragon episode. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. I think that comes out tonight. And then I actually like the second, even though it's woke or maybe it's woke, um, I like the second Lord of the Rings episode, but the third one is leaving me a little cold. And then some, you know, anti-woke observations. So, both of the shows, the star is a blonde woman. Might even call them a Karen. In fact, they are Karens, I think. And I'm sure they made the, you know, they made the stars of the shows white women. They're like, we're not going to go so far as to make them black women, but we're certainly not going to have a white man. I mean, you know, basically they were chosen for their their race and their gender. Even though they're white, they were chosen. They were chosen because they were white, and they were chosen because they're women. I mean, that's my belief. It's just, you know, the, the, you can go so far, but not too far, I think is how the, how the showrunners feel about it. And, like, the Lord of the Rings one in particular, the actors have gone on press junkets and talked all about diversity and how... You know, when they were kids, they didn't see people that look like them. But now, everyone can see someone that looks like you, and that'll be amazing. You know, fuck white men. But there was this thing on Twitter where they showed, like, all the people in charge. Like, you know, the writers, the directors, the showrunners, the producers, the executive producers, blah, blah, blah. And so, for Lord of the Rings, in any case, every single one of those is a white person. Some of them are women, though. I don't, I don't remember the breakdown on men versus women. I mean... I don't know. The showrunners are men. The director was a man. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's mostly men also. But that's just some culture war stuff there. I guess here's the thing I want to say. Okay, so it's white, blonde, also blonde. Blonde white women are the, are the stars of both of those shows. And I'm sure the women in real life are very, very nice. But their characters are both raging bitches. 
And I don't mean like, oh, if you hate women, then you, you call them a bitch. It's like, like I don't, I don't know what these writers are doing. These, you know, I don't, I don't know what the people creating this stuff are doing. Like, they're trying to uplift women. Why the hell would you make the star a woman and then make her a bitch? You should make the, you know, you should make the star a woman and make her likable. And I don't know if they think, you know, being just, you know, just in a bad mood constantly. You know, snapping at people who are your friends constantly. If they, you know, if they think that shows that you're powerful or something, they don't. They don't think it means that you're an asshole. It means that you're a powerful. I don't know. Well, okay, I guess that's. I guess that's what it is. They think if you're, you know, if you're constantly snapping, and you know, putting down and disregarding like everyone who's trying to help you, then I guess that makes you a powerful woman. I, that must be what they're thinking, but it just doesn't come off that way to me. And then in both shows, they're, like, kind of surrounded by men who are, you know, like, reasonable and, you know, and really nice and have a sense of humor. Boy, I'll tell you what, those girls do not have a sense of humor at all. Anyways, they're surrounded by, like, nice men who have a sense of humor and are trying to do the right thing. And I don't know if the show is, it's like, oh, yeah, look at these evil men with a sense of humor trying to do the right thing. So that's interesting. And then the new Lord of the Rings, it introduces uh, a black queen. And she's like an evil queen. And I'm like, no character being played by a black actor is going to turn out to be evil because... Whatever, because that wouldn't be woke. But I will say, I think... She's introduced in the episode, and by the end of the episode, she hasn't become good yet. So we'll see. We'll see if they have the balls to actually let black people play complex characters or not. I don't think they have the ovaries to do that they didn't quite explain the dog eating the fish thing so i live in the woods and so if i got some meat that i don't want to put in the garbage can and attract the bears i just throw it into the woods i mean in a certain spot and then the local possum skunk raccoon etc fox comes and eats it and there's something going on this year there's just less wildlife maybe it's too hot i don't know what but anyways I've never thrown out a bunch of meat on the ground in the woods and not had a local animal eat it, but that's what happened. And then, when I tied up my dog on a 70-foot leash, the fish was within the 70 feet, and he ate it. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.